Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Happy Tuesday. Welcome back to the Liz Wheeler Show. Guys, before we get started, will you do me a huge favor? Will you go to LizWheeler.com and drop me your email address? I really appreciate so many of you have signed up for my brand new email newsletter, and I appreciate that. However, I counted how many people subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's like 300, more than 350,000, 355,000. There's a million and a half of you guys that follow me on Facebook. Um, a quarter of a million of you follow me on Instagram and almost a million of you follow me on Twitter. So we got to ramp those numbers for the email up. Um, really cool stuff that we've been doing with our email newsletter. A lot of the breaking news that we talk about in this show, when I first find it, when I first see it, when I'm first reading and researching it, I drop it in the email so you guys can have it at your fingertips the moment that, basically the moment after I'm reading it as well. Um, like Target, for example, all these drip, drip, drip of this Target story. And we've got some of that stuff for you today, like how much Target has lost in stock value and who Target has been giving over $2 million to in pursuit of the transgender ideology. We've dropped that in your inbox this week. So go to LizWheeler.com, drop me that email address. Uh, greatly appreciate it. Greatly, greatly appreciate it. And forward me, if you're already on the list, forward those emails to a family member or a friend who you think would enjoy being part of the Liz Wheeler Show community and everything that we are building together. So a couple of things I want to talk about today. First of all, on Twitter over the weekend, and I know this was um, relegated just to Twitter. However, a lot of people say that Twitter's not real life, that Twitter's not reflective of the atmosphere or the temperature of the political population at large, the, voter, the voters at large. And I think that this actually is relevant to the voters at large. So even though it manifested on Twitter. There's this big blow up between DeSantis surrogates and Trump surrogates on Twitter over the weekend. And when I say surrogates, I'm not necessarily saying that these people are paid by the campaigns or super PACs supporting you know, DeSantis or supporting Trump. I have no idea who, who pays them, and I, I honestly don't care about that. I know that was part of the controversy, but that is not something that, um, that I care about at all. But I think that this needs to be discussed because there's some really idiotic stuff that's happening within the Republican Party that is going to cause us to lose the 2024 general election if we don't stop doing it. And this is not to say that I am opposed to a very competitive um, race, a very competitive primary. I think that's good. I think I actually love to see that. I want to see both candidates. Uh, and when I say both candidates, like, let's be real. At this point, it's just Trump and DeSantis. I know there are others who have committed to the race, but polling-wise, it's Trump versus DeSantis right now. But we risk losing a huge portion of the Republican Party who will decide to sit out in the 2024 presidential election if we spend our primary time not just having two candidates compete and saying like, this is what I stand for, and I think I'll do a better job because of X, Y, Z, and I don't think my, my opponent will do a better job because of, you know, A, B, C. But it, it, if we stop being competitive and start vilifying, actually vilifying and demonizing, then I'm sorry to say there are going to be tribalists on both Team Trump and both Team DeSantis that sit out in the general election be, if, if it's the opposing candidate that wins the Republican nomination. And that would cause us to lose in 2024. So we're going to talk about that a little bit and what we should be doing differently to win, because there are some things that if we want any candidate to be able to win, any Republican to be able to win in 2024, we need to do some things now to make that possible. 
and we're not doing it. So we're gonna talk about that. We're also gonna talk about the debt ceiling. And I know you're thinking, oh, Liz, that is the most boring topic on the face of the earth. And my response to that is yes. Yes, it is the most boring topic on the face of the earth, but we're not gonna talk about the boring part. We're gonna talk about what exactly the Democrats are doing behind the scenes. And what I mean by that is the Democrats have an ulterior motive for every single thing that they do. So when you have a deal between Speaker McCarthy and Joe Biden, and it appears to be a quote unquote compromise. Now, I don't believe this is a good compromise or one that we should agree to. However, when McCarthy says it's a compromise and Joe Biden says that he's giving the Republicans some concessions in order to get their votes, you should immediately be skeptical of this because the Democrats never compromise. The Democrats, the one thing that Democrats are better at than Republicans politically, the Democrats are better at never giving one iota of anything away, never caving, never bending a knee. They just don't do it. And the reason that Joe Biden is giving these so-called concessions to McCarthy is because Joe Biden is getting something that McCarthy doesn't even realize he's giving away. He is giving Joe Biden and the radical leftist Democrats who control Joe Biden a tool to achieve every single political agenda item, every single neo-Marxist, critical race theory, transgender, horrible, Green New Deal, Medicare for all, blow up the country, socialist hellhole policy that the leftists want in the foreseeable future. And McCarthy's just like blithely unaware that he's doing this. So we're gonna break down exactly what that is that McCarthy is giving to Joe Biden and how we can prevent that from happening. So let's get to it. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, so let's talk about some of the drama. Now, I don't often or always, I should say, I don't always wade into drama that happens on Twitter. I follow along with it all. I read everybody's drama on Twitter, on political Twitter, because it is actually a good indicator of maybe a more hyperbolic version of what um, the general voting population is feeling or talking about or caring about. I don't buy some people's uh, hypothesis that Twitter is not real life. You'll see this said all the time on Twitter that Twitter is not real life. Twitter is not real life because people are very mean on Twitter. People are very nasty on Twitter. And probably because it's got a keyboard warrior um, environment where sometimes you can be anonymous because you are behind um, a profile picture, you're behind a username, you're not face-to-face -face with the person so you forget their humanity. I 
understand the keyboard warrior effect. Believe me, I understand it. I've been on Twitter since what, 2009, 2011, something like that. Um, and I've been in, involved in politics on Twitter that long too. And I read my mentions every time I have a tweet go viral. I understand how nasty and inhumane people are on Twitter. However, I do think it is reflective of people's attitudes. Not all the time, because people on Twitter tend to be more obsessed with politics than people off of Twitter, but it does reflect this general raising of the collective temperature in politics in our country. You probably experienced this, right? Think of yourself 10 years ago and you were having a conversation with your next door neighbor about politics or your coworker in the cubicle next to yours or you know, a fellow parent on your child's soccer team, maybe even a teacher, right? A, a school board member. And you could actually have friends back then who had pretty different political views than you and no one really cared. People didn't always talk about politics. You knew that someone's politics were different, but you're still able to do other activities together and hang out and socialize. Your, fr your children could be friends. And now it's very different. Now it seems like that people's politics are so prominent that it creates like a tension, an elephant in the room, and uh, a social awkwardness when you know that someone's politics are very different than yours. And not to point the finger at the other side, but it's all their fault. The left has made it almost impossible to be friends with people who are of opposite viewpoints, has made it impossible for them to be friends with people who hold off opposite political views, right? They immediately know, oh, are you a transphobe? Oh, do you support Black Lives Matter? Oh, you're, you're, not, you're not in support of, of gun control and common sense gun legislation? You, you want women to be forced to carry their rapist babies? All of these very emotional, very hot button issues um, they put very prominent and they use it as litmus tests for whether they can they can be seen in polite company with people like like us, right? Conservatives and people that aren't radical leftists and people who think that AOC is a Marxist because she is a Marxist. And Twitter is a pretty good representation of this. But like I said, I read all of Twitter drama. I don't always dive into it publicly, but this I, I want to comment on what's happening on Twitter right now. Surrogates from... President Trump's side and surrogates from Ron DeSantis' side, and I say side because I have no idea if they're employed by the campaign. I have no idea if they are employed by super PACs that support Trump, super PACs that support DeSantis. I literally don't care where they're getting their paycheck. That's not, it's, it's not relevant to this discussion. Plus I just actually don't care. However, they are um, waging battle against one another on Twitter and not just battle the way that you would, you would think a Republican primary would go. DeSantis announced that he was running for president last week. Okay, so you expect the, uh, the, the political attacks against him from all of, the, all of the different Republican candidates and the Democrats to ramp up. That's fine. You expect DeSantis's attacks against, you know, Trump, the front runner, to ramp up because he's now an official candidate. That's also fine. No big deal, don't have a problem with that. I personally like a crowded primary. I personally like a competitive primary. I like when there's kind of savage savage fighting. Um, as long as it's policy-based, I don't really like it when it delves into what's happening on Twitter right now. And it's not because I care if people are nice to each other that, I mean, I prefer it. I try to be nice to people, but I don't really care if two people are fighting on Twitter and they're not being nice to each other. That's really their problem and not something that that... I spend a great deal of time thinking about. The reason that I find what's happening on Twitter problematic is because of the implications for 2024. So let me just talk about a specific example of what happened. There's an individual by the name of Gavin Wax who was an employee of the Babylon Bee. He was the vice president of marketing, I believe. But he was like almost executive level at, at Babylon Bee. And he's very openly pro-Trump. 
so pro-Trump that he is anti-DeSantis, right? Which, just stepping back for a moment, is a position that I don't understand. I don't understand how you could be so pro-Trump that you're anti-DeSantis or so pro-DeSantis that you're anti-Trump. Like, we're fighting Marxists in our country, right? We're fighting radical leftists who hate our country and want to destroy it. And both Trump and DeSantis are fighting against those Marxists. So you can prefer one candidate or or the other. I'm sure I will at some point in this primary process. Nothing wrong with that. You can think that one's a better fighter, but bananas to me that you could be so pro-Trump that you're anti-DeSantis or so pro-DeSantis that you're anti-Trump. That's that's crazy to me. But Gavin Wax is so pro-Trump that he is essentially anti-DeSantis. And he went on a rant this, this past weekend against DeSantis's uh, rapid response director, She's, she's part of his commu- uh, DeSantis's communications team. At first, she was his press secretary when he was governor, and now she works on his campaign. And he went, it's Christina Pouchaw. And Gavin Wax went after Christina Pouchaw, who has kind of unleashed on Twitter since DeSantis announced that he's president, in the sense that DeSantis didn't really criticize President Trump, never really said his name uh, before he announced. And now he is going after President Trump. Now his people are criticizing President Trump's policies uh, where DeSantis's policies pretty radically disagree with Trump, like COVID, for example, the COVID vaccine, for example, um, COVID lockdowns. Uh, most things COVID-related, DeSantis and Trump are pretty pretty far apart on. And the DeSantis team has been um, has been criticizing Trump pretty heavily on that on Twitter. I have zero problem with that. That's fine. That is a distinction between the two candidates and probably a distinction that will make a difference for some voters. So that, that in and of itself is not problematic. But Gavin Wax, formerly of the Babylon Bee, though not to get ahead of my story, um, tweeted at Christina Pouchaw and said, what the F is your problem, Christina Pouchaw? And Seth Dillon, who is the CEO of the Babylon Bee, publicly fired Gavin Wax for degrading and using profanity against Christina Pouchaw in that public forum, right? So this caused an uproar drama on Twitter, right? Some people in uh, the, on the Trump camp were like, oh wow, Babylon B firing Gavin Wax publicly on Twitter, that's not a cool move. And other people were like, no, when you go after a woman uh, with profanity, when you work for a Christian organization, that's not representing the Christian organization well, so it's perfectly fine, not only for you to be fired, but for that accountability to be public since your, um, since your transgression was public, right? So you can, you can see what I mean when I say drama. There's also been, um, from this, and this is in particular from the pro-Trump, anti-DeSantis folks. There's been some strange attacks on DeSantis, such as this came from uh, Liz Harrington, who used to work for the RNC, but she's worked for Trump for the last couple of years, comparing DeSantis's military service or or inferring. I don't want to say comparing because she dropped a photo as comparison um, of Pete Buttigieg in military uniform, insinuating that if you serve the military, that I don't know exactly what her insinuation is, but um, but comparing DeSantis in military uniform to Judge in military uniform, which is kind of degrading, or, I mean, in, unless everyone is completely missing her point, it seems to be fairly degrading of people that serve in uniform, particularly DeSantis. So you get the idea. If you're thinking, wow, this sounds a lot like the mean girls in in a high school. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what it is, but like on a hundred times steroids. And ordinarily I kind of like scroll past this stuff. I see it. I, you know, tuck it away in case there's anything that's that's interesting or useful for the show. And then I just kind of like go in my merry way, research this show, like stick to the stick to the policy stuff. But here's the thing: the kind of character assassination and the kind of um 
pro, so pro-Trump that you're anti-DeSantis or so pro-DeSantis that you're anti-Trump that's going on, that kind of, of warring that's going on is going to cause us to lose in 2024. And that's why I just can't have any of this. Like, we, we cannot be doing this. Our party is engaging, not just in, in silly sniping, not just in mudslinging, but we are self-destructing before an election that we cannot afford to lose. And when I say self-destructing, if, if you are so pro-Trump that you are anti-DeSantis to the point that you are engaging in the type of character assassination where you would compare um, DeSantis for serving in the military to Pete Buttigieg, then what you're doing is you are communicating to your base that DeSantis is bad, that DeSantis is evil. Not just that DeSantis is an inferior candidate compared to Trump, not just that people should choose to vote for Trump over DeSantis, you're communicating that DeSantis is never someone that you should ever cast a vote for, right? And so the, the, obviously the reverse side of that is if you are communicating that you are so pro-DeSantis, that you are anti-Trump, that, that Trump is a villain, that Trump is as bad as Fauci, that Trump is a fascist or a dictator, then you are communicating to your base that Trump is so bad that you would never feel justified, morally justified voting for him. This is bananas. This is absolutely bananas. And what's going to happen in 2024 is there is going to be a huge contingent of Republicans who don't cast a vote for one of these two candidates based on the character assassination that's happening right now between the two of them. So we are essentially, a year and a half before the election, giving it away to Democrats, what, in our effort to determine which, can, to compete our two candidates against each other? This, the Republicans are famous for doing a lot of stupid things. Republicans are famous for um, um, being in a position where they are, are winning or they should win and like choosing to lose. This is one of those situations. Republicans are choosing to lose. When really, there's some things that if we actually want to compete, whichever of these candidates wins in the Republican primary against Biden in the general next year, there are some things that we need to take care of first or else it doesn't matter how good of a candidate we have. We are not going to win. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So as you can see, this drama is actually worth following. This drama is actually worth responding to, not because... We want to take part in gossip, not because we want to give the fringes of either side too much of a platform, if you will, but because what they're doing, the sad truth of the matter is, is human nature is naturally rather tribalist, right? This is true 
with any kind of characteristic or shared value or anything, whether it's where you live in a certain state, whether it's the high school that you went to, whether it's the culture you grew up with, whatever it might be, people tend to be tribalists. They like to gather together and um, connect themselves around some sort of shared something. This is true in politics too. And we're very, as humans, we're very vulnerable to this in modern American culture when we have not properly oriented ourselves around, you know, church and faith and God and all of that. We are, we are even more prone to act in a tribalist manner in, in an inappropriate way, right? So there are going to be people who support Trump who, yeah, it's great, they're Republican. I'm happy to, I'm happy to be on the same side as they are, but they're going to become so pro-Trump that they're not going to want to vote for DeSantis if DeSantis wins the Republican primary and faces Biden. They're actually going to sit out because they're so angry that Trump didn't win. And they've convinced themselves during this primary that DeSantis is so evil that they won't cast a vote for DeSantis. They're gonna be DeSantis people the same way. I mean, we saw that with the never Trumpers in, in 2016, right? And again in 2020, there's always going to be people who are actually willing to accept a more evil outcome that Biden would win or in 2016 that Hillary might win versus casting a ballot for someone who was their second choice as a, as a Republican nominee. This is so bananas to me, so very bananas to me that we can't, we, we can't allow this to happen. And it's not that we have to craft every bit of our messaging to reach people who we consider to be illogical. At the same time, this is not a small percentage of people who, um, who fall for this, this sort of tribalism, especially when this is the scenario that we're setting in front of them with this kind of arguing. So uh, the long and short of this is knock it off, stop it, compete all you want, that's fine, have preferences all you want, criticize each other all you want, but if you cross the line from opposition to enemy in the Republican primary, then you're doing it wrong and you are going to damage our country. There are several things that need to be done. If we could bring this tweet up on the, on the screen, Scott Pressler is one of the only people, the only Republican who's actually doing something uh, about, about these things. So I'm gonna, read you the, I'm gonna read you this tweet, but there, there's many things that need to be done about our election system in order to secure the integrity of our election. And beyond that, to actually compete with Democrats, right? Democrats changed a lot of voting procedures, a lot of election rules, in the lead up to 2020, and it enabled them to win. The same thing happened in 2022. We did not compete with them by the new rules that they put in place in 2020, and therefore, regardless of how dissatisfied people were, voters were and are, with Biden, they, we didn't win because the voting structure and the, the, the partisan apparatuses, in this case, the Democrat apparatuses, that were built to uh, best utilize the voting structure crafted by Democrats, out they just outcompeted us. Republicans, very few Republicans recognize this and Republicans who are in a position to do something about it and build an apparatus and compete are certainly not doing anything about it. So enter Scott Pressler. Scott Pressler is just a guy. He's just an individual, he's just a dude. And he's traveling all around the country actually trying to do something about the problem. So I wanna read you this tweet that he said. He said, part of the reason I'm not getting involved in the primary, he's responding to the same thing that I'm responding to today, all this, this Trump versus DeSantis drama on Twitter is because I don't think, he says, any of the Republican presidential candidates can currently win. I say this because there is no nationwide voter registration, early voting and ballot harvesting operations in place to win a general election. 
I'm using the very limited time and resources I have, he says, but we need to be disciplined. Number one, register new voters. Number two, sign up voters for mail-in ballots. Number three, educate conservatives on the value of voting early. Number four, this year, focus on strategic wins in Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and New Jersey. He said New Jersey twice. Well, it's doubly important. Number five, convert unaffiliated voters to Republican, especially in closed primary states like Florida, Kentucky, Nevada, Pennsylvania. Number six, focus on robust early voting programs in Arizona, Georgia, North Carolina, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Number seven, build faith coalitions to get religious voters from the pews to the polls. Number eight, engage with the Amish in Indiana, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and Wisconsin. Number nine, teach Republicans the rules on where ballot harvesting is legal. Number 10, in states like California, Nevada, and Oregon, set up unofficial drop boxes at churches and gun shops. Number 11, most importantly, use 2023 as a test in preparation for complete implementation in 2024. Are you ready for a fact that's gonna blow your minds? The RNC isn't paying Scott Pressler a dime. This young man who has crafted an election strategy to compete with the Democrats, without which we will most certainly lose to the Democrats, no matter who our candidate is, no matter how unhappy the country is with Biden. The RNC has not hired him. No one is, no one is funding him. He, he, he crowdsources funding. People donate to him so that he can individually go do this state by state, city by city, election by election. He has a plan. He has a strategy. He is competing. And what are Republicans doing on Twitter? Oh, they're fighting. They're sending pictures of Pete Buttigieg in military uniform comparing Ron DeSantis. They're uh, falsely accusing Ron DeSantis's spokeswoman or rapid response director, whatever her title is, Christina Pushaw, of being uh, a CIA plant, which is stupid, ridiculous, absurd. They're demonizing. These, these, two, these two sets of surrogates are demonizing the other one to the point where they're not going to turn out to vote if it's not their number one choice of candidate. They're not going to turn out to vote for their second choice of candidate, even though they're Republican, because of all of this. Meanwhile, Scott Pressler, no one's paying attention to what he's doing. No one. No Republican is jumping on board and saying, oh, I understand. This is the strategic way that we defeat the left. And if we don't do this, you can't just compete ideas in a marketplace where that's not what actually causes a candidate, a politician to win. You have to compete your ideas within the confines of the structure. And we're competing outside the confines of the structure. And so it doesn't matter. It's wasted effort. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
As the nation gears up for another election season, tune to the first TV for the best coverage on television. Get an exclusive inside look at the American political machine with Sean Spicer at 7. Unmatched analysis and historical perspective from Bill O'Reilly at 8. Then a bold, unapologetic take from Jesse Kelly at 9. It's must-see TV in primetime every night on the first TV. Watch the first on DirecTV Channel 347, Uverse Channel 1220, or DirecTV Stream. Okay, so Target has lost $10 billion in stock value. $10 billion in stock value, which is incredible. This is a good thing. It means, it doesn't mean that we should sit back here and, and celebrate our victory. It means that we should double down. It means we should not cave to, well, a couple of things. We should not cave to this false idea that Target is pulling their pride displays out of their store because uh, they've listened to consumers. They're not doing that at all. In fact, they're blaming conservatives. They're falsely blaming conservatives, saying that conservatives are being threatening, conservatives are being violent, conservatives are having these, these aggressive confrontations. In fact, Target has faced uh, a bomb threat over, over their pride displays, but the bomb threat, you probably didn't hear about this on the media, uh, on the mainstream media, the bomb threat was issued by LGBTQ activists who are angry that Target removed their pride displays, which include um, items, merchandise designed by a Satanist trying to groom young children and even babies. LGBTQ activists were so angry that they issued a bomb threat against Target. So Target blames you and I for uh, deciding not to spend our, our money, our hard-earned money, the fruits of our labor, at their store, choosing to boycott them as consumers to send them a message that we don't want them in the marketplace if they're going to groom our kids. And meanwhile, the actual violence, the actual bomb threats coming from the left, Target completely ignores. You don't hear any kind of condemnation of that LGBTQIA plus violence that they are facing. And the reason for that is because Target it, is corporate groomer. They are dedicated to grooming your children. In fact, they've donated over $2 million to the Gay Lesbian Straight Education Network. Its acronym is GLSEN. This organization is dedicated to funding um, grooming propaganda in schools and hiding from parents when children transition, quote unquote, transition in schools. So Target's not just trying to sell Satanist-designed pride merchandise to your child. They're not just trying to groom your child with, um, with really weird, grotesque, you know, tucking bathing suits and chest binders. They're not just propagating this transgender ideology through their pride displays at store. They're taking the money that you spend at their store and they are giving it to an organization that's trying to um, hide your child transitioning at school. There is no way that any person can possibly justify any person in the Republican Party or any parent. You don't even have to be a Republican to be grossed out, to find what Target is doing completely abhorrent. And you should never spend another dime at Target. Do not cave. Do not bend a knee. Um, we are only just getting started with taking our power back, taking back the influence of our individual voices, which so often we feel has been diluted or compromised in our elections, this is how we take back our country from the woke ideology that is, is corrupting it. This is how. Do not back down. We've done it to Bud Light. That's the template. We're doing it to Target. And when we destroy these companies in the marketplace, it's going to stop other, co other companies from doing this because other companies are going to live in fear of us Bud Lighting them as they should. I don't know if you guys saw this. This is um, topically related. It's also just funny though. On iTunes, this, this song, it's actually a rap, 
has climbed all the way to number two on iTunes charts in the hip hop category. It's a song by a rapper about the Target boycott. Um, it's pretty funny. I wanted to show it to you guys because I watched this and I was like, okay, interesting that someone made this. But then when I found out that it's at the top of iTunes charts, I thought this shows you how many of us across the country, even people who don't want to be as open about it as you or as I, um, how many people actually support this because it would not jump to the top of the charts unless most people agreed. Take a look at this. It's at number two on the iTunes charts in the hip hop category. So funny. The rapper's name is uh, Forgato Blow. I didn't know who it is. I saw it just when it went viral, just like everybody else. But like I said, it's funny in and of itself, but it also shows us exactly how many of us are participating and committed to stopping corporate grooming of our children. Okay, so the boring topic that I want to talk about, and I promise this is important. You guys are going to be like, oh, debt ceiling, Liz, come on, this is so dull. And it is dull. It's a very, very, very boring topic. But there's something, there's an ulterior motive that's at play here in the Biden administration that Republicans have to understand because we're just getting outplayed again. Um, first of all, zero Republicans should support this debt ceiling compromise, this so-called compromise, zero. The fact that Speaker McCarthy made this, this deal shows us exactly why we didn't want McCarthy in the first place. This is exactly why the Freedom Caucus tried to stop McCarthy and held that vote hostage in the way that they did until McCarthy um, promised to represent the viewpoints of the Freedom Caucus and their constituents when he was speaker. But this is exactly why we didn't want him, because he's a rhino. He's a switch. He doesn't understand the political enemy, the reality of the political enemy that he is fighting against. And so he thinks that this is just a good faith compromise. I want A, they want B, let's find some space in the middle. No, no, that is not how this works. That is not who we're fighting. McCarthy, you lost just by making this deal. Guys, you, you, as, soon as, as soon as I unpack this a little bit, I want everybody to get on their email and I want you to send an email to your representative in Congress and tell them in no uncertain terms, vote no on this debt ceiling so-called compromise. It is absolutely wrong. And here's why, okay, here's why. So we've talked a little bit on the show about modern monetary theory, right? I know it's another boring topic, but it's part of the left's like grand scheme, their grand plan. Modern monetary theory is this essentially uh, socialist, Marxist, communist theory that if your government is a currency issuer like the US like the US is I mean we print the US dollar right if your country is a currency issuer then you don't have to as a federal government you don't have to pay attention to debt and deficit you don't have to pay attention to congress appropriating the money for specific um legislative things or or executive functions that you can just if you need money or want money politicians should just be able to print it and at first, you might think, well, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard that would cause massive inflation. And the answer to that is, well, yes, it does. That's actually what we're experiencing now because the Biden administration has printed so much money. It's devalued the dollar, obviously, because of what value is something that you can just print at the drop of a hat. Um, but the answer 
The modern monetary theorist's answer to inflation is, okay, well, that's when you use taxes. That's the point of taxes then. If you can print money at the drop of a hat to pay for political agendas, you don't actually need to tax people to collect that money to pay then for the programs. But taxation is just the way that you... Um, that you counter inflation. So if inflation gets really high, then you raise taxes to lower demand so that then there's an abundance of supply and the price goes down, right? It's a, it's a super insidious, super evil, um, well, like I said, communist. It's intended to destroy a free market, a free market system. Um, and these modern monetary theorists are inside the Biden administration. And one of the most prominent ones is Stephanie Kelton. We've also talked about Stephanie Kelton on the show before. And she actually is weighing in on this, on this debt ceiling compromise. We could bring up element three um, on the screen. This is a tweet that Stephanie Kelton sent out about, yeah, it says, a reminder of just how stupid we are. Denmark's limit is set so high that it is essentially a formality and will never be crossed. And she posted the picture with it, of course, showing that Denmark and the United States are only two countries in the world have debt limits. The United States and Denmark have legal caps on how much money their government can borrow. Um, so her point, of course, is that she doesn't think that our government, the United States government, should have any limit on how much money they can quote-unquote borrow. She thinks that they should just print it on demand. This is modern monetary theory. And of course, Stephanie Kelton, if you, if you haven't listened to that episode of The Liz Wheeler Show yet, I highly recommend you go back and you look up modern monetary theory, The Liz Wheeler Show, either on YouTube, Rumble, on, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and listen to it. But Stephanie Kelton essentially wrote the book on modern monetary theory. She wrote the book on it. Uh, I read it. That's that's how I know about this. I read her book on modern monetary theory, and she also consulted for the Biden administration. So Joe Biden embraces this because of Stephanie Kelton, who wrote the book on modern monetary theory, a woman who doesn't, a theory, a woman who embraces a theory that you should just print all the money that you want, and it doesn't matter if it causes inflation and devalues the dollar, because then you'll just tax people out the wazoo, and that'll bring down demand, that'll decrease demand, because people won't have money, and therefore increase supply, and then you'll be fine, inflation will come back down. This is what's at play here with the debt ceiling, right? This, this, is, this is actually what the left wants. What the left wants is a situation where they don't have to, um, they don't have to appropriate money for their pet projects. They don't want Congress to have to tax us in order to pay for projects because then Congress is accountable to us for their projects. They just wanna be able to dip their hand in the federal government's pocket, quote unquote pocket, and that way people don't really care as much about what they're spending the money on because it's not the people's money, right? Okay, so now let's get to what this compromise actually is. So now we see what Biden actually wants. Biden wants the ability to quote unquote, borrow as much money as he wants, which is just another euphemism for spending, printing and spending as much as he wants. That's the only thing he really wants. He wants his ability to, um, to promulgate modern monetary theory in, in, he wants that absolutely in its entirety. That's what his goal here is. And McCarthy should sit back and he should understand that. That, that, that should be the first thing. McCarthy, before he even entered these negotiations, McCarthy should have said, okay, well, what does Biden want here? Well, Biden doesn't just want, um, he doesn't just want big government. He doesn't just want no work requirements for SNAP benefits. He doesn't want these little policy things. He might also want those little policy things, but that's not the fundamental of what he wants. What he wants is modern monetary theory in action. He wants no limit on the debt ceiling so that he can print and spend as much money as he wants because he wants to turn our nation away from capitalism, away from uh, the dollar having any value through this theory. 
So now we look at what exactly McCarthy compromised, right? So in this compromise that McCarthy is praising, which I think is just horrendous, there's an unlimited debt ceiling. There won't be any cap on the debt ceiling until 2025, until they reconsider it again, until the Congress reconsiders it again. So right there, Biden gets exactly what he wants. So then we have these other things where Biden claims that he compromised or McCarthy claims that he that he, he's claiming victory on some of these things because he capped non-defense spending at $637 billion. Oh yes, a round of applause for the man who's spending $637 billion and he didn't add $1 more. That's not a victory. It's not a victory unless you slash this spending. It's not gonna solve anything just to put a cap on it, a fake cap on it. Meanwhile, he's increasing defense spending to $886 billion. That's a 3.5% increase. And I, I know there are some people like Senator Lindsey Graham who want this unlimited defense budget. And I'm all about a strong military if that's what defense spending was spent on. But what defense spending is spent on right now is like wokeifying the military and giving money to Ukraine, giving our, our weapons to Ukraine. I don't want a budget for either of those two things. So don't, don't misunderstand what defense spending is. It's not giving money to our boys fighting for the red, white, and blue. That's not what defense spending is right now. Defense spending is being spent on making a video of a, uh, of a drag queen as a recruiting tactic for the US Navy, right? I don't want any of that. So McCarthy's bragging that he got increased work requirements for food stamps and welfare, for SNAP and, um, and TAMF. Well, yes, he did technically, but in reality, no, he didn't. He, he, he wanted, what conservatives want is we want people to have a requirement to either be looking for work um, or doing some kind of work in order to be eligible. We don't want people just reclining on welfare. So McCarthy claims victory on this. He said, oh, I got some work requirements. Yeah, but it, the exceptions are, except it doesn't apply. The work requirements don't apply to people with kids, to homeless people, or to veterans. So everybody that's on those programs is in the exceptions. So the work requirements are completely bogus. They don't even count. They don't even count. The IRS got $80 billion, you'll remember, from the Biden administration. They're gonna, they're gonna hire like 87,000 IRS agents that, make no mistake, will target us. Um, and McCarthy's compromise is that 10 billion of that 80 billion is going to be repurposed. And maybe 10 billion later will be repurposed too. That's not a, that's not a victory. That's not a compromise. You lost this. Biden's uh, cancellation of student loan debt was left completely intact, but McCarthy didn't get any, con any, any consolation on there. And the reason for that is because that's a critical 2024 campaign strategy of Biden. Biden's not going to give an inch on that. Of course he's not. He's gonna to pretend to give an inch on work requirements for SNAP, even though the exceptions make it so that everybody qualifies as an exception. But his cancellation of student loan debt is how he's gonna get millennials, not Gen Z, millennials to vote for him in 2024 because all of a sudden their student loan debt's gonna be canceled. They just got a bunch of quote unquote free money from the Biden administration. Of course they're gonna vote for him. McCarthy's claiming victory, claiming victory. Um, the other thing is this, this, McCarthy's bragging about the approval of the Mountain Valley Pipeline. It's a natural gas pipeline in West Virginia. This is just a cynical bit of pandering to Manchin, to Senator Joe Manchin, who's from West Virginia. This is a calculated move by the Biden administration to try to get Joe Manchin's loyalty between now and 2024. So let me repeat. When Speaker McCarthy says 95% of the Republican caucus supports this compromise, all this should tell us is that 95% of the Republican caucus are idiots. 
95% of the Republican caucus don't understand the reality of the political enemy that we're facing. 95% of Republican caucuses are just letting modern monetary theory take over the federal government because they have no idea what they're doing. At the end of the day, all of these so-called compromises that McCarthy's claiming victory on, first of all, they're nothing. They're literally nothing. Like a baby could do a better job negotiating than McCarthy did. He's a squish, he's a rhino, he did a terrible job. This is why we didn't want him to be speaker. But moreover, the one thing that Joe Biden wanted, the one thing that Joe Biden wanted, oh, you bet he got. He got unlimited amounts of money. He got the ability to print and spend and pay for the radical leftist agenda through bloated executive agencies, the administrative state, and anything else that he wants to spend it on without Congress having to appropriate and tax the people and also it will tank the free market economy. Biden got everything. Write to your congressional representative. Tell them in no uncertain terms to vote against this debt ceiling compromise. Write to your senator. We actually have enough Republicans in both the House and the Senate to derail this if we want to. We can actually, the Republican Party, we don't even need Democrats on our side. We can stop this if we want to. Write to your elected representatives and tell them to represent you. And the way that they can represent you, the way they must represent you is voting no. Vote no on the debt ceiling. Tell all Republicans far and wide. Guys, make sure you drop me your email address at lizwheeler.com. Sign up for my new email list. It's great. Really appreciate everybody and all your kind comments too. I really appreciate all the people that have written into me to say that you like it, that you find the articles that we're sending you, whether it's about Tucker, whether it's about Target, whether it's about um, the latest studies on COVID or the latest studies on psychosis and marijuana. Um, I really appreciate everybody who says that they like it so far. So drop me your email address at lizwheeler.com. Thank you for watching today. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.